Are you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion? Welcome to From the Inside Out with your host, Carla D. Walker. To be your best self in your personal life and your business life, all you need to do is look within yourself. Now, here is Carla D. Walker. Good morning, world. How are you this morning? It is fabulous today. I know everyone uh, is a little sad uh, with the passing of Kobe Bryant and his sweet daughter, uh, G. Um, but um, one thing that I think everybody got from the event, at least I've heard it over and over and over again numerically, is the fact that life is fleeting. Uh, we never know when it's going to be our time. So we need to make sure we live our best life, uh, that we do those things we want to do, that we are contributing to the world, to mankind, uh, loving each other, supporting each other uh, every day, and not take anything for granted. Um, If we've gotten anything out of uh, the tragic situation and learning anything about uh, Kobe Bryant uh, it's been that not only was he a great athlete but it appears he was a wonderful human being who loved his family who loved his daughters who loved women who supported his friends who supported children um, and just had so many things uh, that he did give of himself freely uh, without any big hurrah or fanfare. And uh, I think we take away from that, you know, look at some of the things he did or what he did or how he lived his life as an example of how maybe we live ours or how, how we're living ours. What are some of the things that we could do that would exemplify the kind of um, human being that Mr. Kobe Bryant uh, seemed to be and what he was teaching his beautiful daughter, Jean. And, uh, you know, Godspeed to his wife and his other three daughters, um, you know, nothing will replace them, but hope they have the memories. And, uh, uh, you know, it's tough right now, but 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 uh, it, it will get better. And it sounds cliche, but eventually um, it may never be the same, but we have to keep on. That's what he, keep on keeping on. I think he, I saw him in a quote one time, he said, you know, and things hit you or knock you down what you got to do is just get back up put a smile on your face and keep on keeping on keep it moving and so that's what we're going to do going to keep it moving and <clears throat> as part of that I want to you know this morning uh, is so so uh, lovely weather here in uh, the great sunshine state of Florida and um, I'm really enjoying uh, not having to wear a big furry coat, but I know the, the last week or so, I mean, it was cold enough where I wish I did have a fur coat, and 
and no, not animal fur. This is fake fur. Um, so no, no PETA, <laughs> no PETA attacks, please. But um, but yeah, got you know down in the um, 39, 40 degrees. And uh, when I first got here, I didn't think that that was that didn't feel too cold for me. But boy, I think more that I am being acclimated into. Uh, Florida weather, it was really, really cold. And I, I wish I had a, a, a fur coat at the time. But um, now, you know, getting back into some normality, or, uh, the weather is around in the 70s here, no snow, which is always a, a plus. Um, and you're able to get out and, do, and be able to do some things. So uh, it's a great day, and it's going to be fantastic, uh, a fantastic day. Um, I am uh, I'm doing better. I'm moving better um, than uh, with my uh, uh, situation. So I'm happy about that. And uh, hopefully, I know they said, you know, no, we would be around six months before I could, you know, really get back to being, quote unquote, having normal movements. But I think I'm going to beat that. I think I'm going to beat that. But anyway, so, but for you, my wish for you today is that you feel warmth in your heart for someone and that that warmth is reciprocated and that you know that someone cares about you, that you know and you feel kindness today, that you are able to reach out to someone and be empathetic, show support, that today you're going to get a gut-wrenching laugh. Something's going to make you really laugh and get one of those laughs where it brings tears to your eyes or laughing so hard, you know, you... You may pass gas, you laugh so hard, or, or laugh so hard, you know, that, you know, you can't talk, uh, you start crying, uh, you may have to pee a little, you know, but I hope today you have one of those laughs, at least one, uh, and that uh, if it's not, if, you, if someone's not giving it to you, maybe you're telling a story and you're giving that to somebody else. Uh, because we all need that. That sets off the endorphins in our head and makes us feel good. Uh, and so my wish for you is that you feel good. Uh, if you've been not feeling well because of an illness or a complication, that today you feel just a little bit better or a lot better than you did a week ago, a month ago a year ago, that today you can see or begin to see a little crack in that darkness that maybe you thought was there and you're seeing a light beginning to shine through. And you're actually taking action and taking movement movement to make those things better for you. I hope that uh, that occurs to you. You know, I there's a song that says, oh, I... I hope he brings you flowers, or I wish he'd bring you flowers in the rain. So I hope you get flowers today. And it doesn't have to be, you know, physical, real flowers, but flowers of a different kind, something that makes you uh, 
feel good and warm and fuzzy. And somebody asked me, you know, why are you always asking, uh, uh, wishing people, you know, feel good? Why don't they feel crappy? Well, they can feel crappy if you want. You can be mad all day. You can be angry. You can be frustrated. You can live in that. But why would you want to, right? Why wouldn't you want to feel as good as you possibly could all the time? Yeah. Even when there are things going wrong in life, and everybody has those things that go wrong in life, you know. But it's how you react to the conflict. It's how you react to the negative things that may be happening to you that says a lot about you. It's how resilient are you in those times? You know, can you, <laughs> you see characters on, on television often, or you can read about a character who's had, you know, who maybe just got injured and they're cracking jokes uh, and people are saying, well, how can that happen? How can, how can somebody do that? You know? Well, yeah, they can sit there and they can complain. They can be miserable about it. They can you know, yell in pain. Or they can change their thought pattern and make a tra- turn a tragedy into something um, better than that. And that, that's what you got to do. You have to reach down sometimes deep and pull out that positivity. Yeah. And, and the more positive you are or the more positive you can be or the more you can do that, the better you're going to feel. You'll be surprised how easy it will become and how much easier and how much more resilient you will be and you'll be able to move forward much faster. So that's my wish for you, is that you be as resilient as possible, that you are kind to someone and that someone is kind to you, that you have lots of laughter and and fun today. This, this feels like a fun Tuesday, you know? I feel like something's going to happen. I know when I, when I leave the show today, I am going to get a massage. I love massages. <laughs> I'm going to get a massage. And uh, do some other things. I'm gonna, you know, that's gonna make me happy. That's gonna make me smile. That's my day to do that. So you're my Tuesday fun day. You're my Tuesday happy. And so I hope today Tuesday is happy for you. Now, one of the things we're gonna to, to talk about today, a big thing we're gonna talk about. We'll do it uh, when we come back a break. We're going to talk about the art of storytelling and 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 why did we why discuss storytelling and I'll tell you it's important. We'll talk about why it's important. There's also some science behind this in terms of how it impacts your brain. We'll talk a little bit about that. I'm also going to give you some tips in terms of uh, not only the types of stories but how you can make uh, impactful stories and how you can bring them into uh, your world, either at work or at home, uh, your conversations, and so on. We'll do that when we come back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show hey welcome back glad to hear you uh i'm gonna talk about about Telling stories, and I thought about this um, because uh, I like a good story myself. But I, uh, but I, I like a story that's going to grab me, that's going to take me down uh, a road or a path, and it, it could be scary, or it could be um, funny, or you know, it could be informing. But I think storytelling is a is isn't. An art form for a lot of people, and 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 I say that in the context of there are individuals in this world, and maybe you know some of them, who are so good at telling stories that you can't wait until you you're with them again so you can hear the next one, or you can't wait until you read the next novel because you you just love the way the author you know tells stories you know i I think of stephen king is one of those individuals who uh has got the art of telling the story down pat um and so these are people that you know you're waiting for their next book you're waiting for their next novel or um you know or can you remember as as a kid you know, one of the things that, you know, your parents may have done was read you a story at night, uh, you know, from one of your, one of your books. Um, you know, what was your favorite story when you were a kid that you'd love to hear over and over again? And why was it your favorite story? You know, when you look at um, stories that we tell our children, you know, if you really think about it, if you start analyzing about those stories, there are certain things that stand out uh, relative to it that gives you a hint, I think gives you some hints in terms of why they are so impactful, Um, not just to youngsters, but also as as an adult. You know, there are stories that we remember from, from our childhood that 
uh, we'd still love to hear over and over and over again. I mean, how many of you remember the three little pigs uh, and that story? Now that was a story you heard all you know all the time. There was three these three pigs, yeah. And the characters, the pigs, the wolf. Was there a farmer as well? Well, there's the three little pigs. We talk about, you know, how they hit, how they built their houses out of straw. Built they were out of built their houses out of sticks. They built their houses out of brick. You know, and what was the lesson you know that you got from that story? And as you think about the story, do you remember the visuals that you got to look at? You know, would you turn the pages in the book? You know, all right. So I remember. Um, uh, most of the when you turn the pages or at least in children's books there are a lot of pictures not necessarily a lot of words but there are a lot of pictures and the pictures correspond with the telling of the story but the pictures also help to visualize that particular story and it kind of grabbed you as a child uh, and you could really get into it and listen to it or the story of Sleeping Beauty, or, you know, the story of the Three Musketeers. You know, there are all these wonderful stories that we have grown up on that we may not have thought anything about in terms of how are they, um, how, how is it that my brain is functioning um, and, and listening to this story over and over and over again, what is it about that story that makes me want to hear it repeatedly or that when I listen to it, I feel some kind of way. You know, I feel good or I, I can get scared, but then I can also become happy and be a villain. You know, I think of, of movies which are very visual. Uh, one movie that I think of right away is Halloween and I love the story you know you've got the characters you've got a plot you've got the conflict there and you've got what you think is a solution but what makes us come back well, he always, Mike always gets back up or when we think we've knocked him down what does Mike do you turn, you turn your head he's gone <laughs> But I just think about the storytelling that's involved in that. And have you ever wanted to do that in your speeches or do that when you're having a conversation? Or do you, you ever thought, well, boy, maybe I can do that? Well, you can. You know, you can do that. It's something that's learned, uh, something that if you practice and get better at it, then you too can be that impactful uh, in terms of when you make, you're telling a story or making a presentation. Yeah. You can make your point of view much stronger if you think about it relative to that. You know, a great story often not only make your listener decide whether it's interesting or important, it helps your interest to decide that. But it can also share information and also teach. Okay. It also can be interesting and important at the same time 
So how can you tell a story that is both interesting and important or to the audience? Now, what are the elements of a story that can help you do that? And, and there are some specific things that happen or that occur in a story. And almost every story has them. You know, sort of the, the basics for, for a particular, uh, for a story. Yeah. Uh, such as the character. I mean, you've heard me mention, you know, characters several times. And it's how the character or the narrator, say, how the narrator describes the character, which gives us an insight to who they are. Now, what does that do to our brain? That's we're listening. We're beginning to picture. So it's using parts of our brain. As I remember I said earlier, there is some neuroscience around the art of storytelling. So I'm, I'm providing characters, and that could be a person, it could be an animal, it could be a thing, you know, an inanimate object. But the character in the story is one that, as you're telling it verbally, it's going to be focusing more, I think, on verbal um, storytelling than, than necessarily written. But when you're, when you're communicating, if you can, you know, identify your characters, maybe even describe your character a little bit, the character in the story. Then there's the setting. And the setting is the time or the place in which what you're about to tell them happens. You know? So you set it up. Then there's a plot to a story. you know, And that plot and the setting are all connected. Also, the character is connected to the plot, and you're able to make those connections. There's a conflict. There's always a conflict. There's always a struggle. Even in, if it, even when you you're listening to, um, or, or watching a romantic comedy, there's always a conflict. Think about it as you're watching a movie. See if you can identify the character, the setting. If you can see the plot, the conflict, and what the central idea is throughout the story, and then there's always a resolution. So if you're thinking about this relative in terms of relative to communicating your uh, presentation, or or making a presentation, or or your to write something think about it in terms of telling a story those who are very good at it and who are able to capture the essence of storytelling in their communications tend to be pretty effective in the communications their audience or their readers or their listeners get it and leave wanting more leave coming back now they may not stand up and give you a, a, a great applause, but they may they may say things like, "Boy, I can't wait to hear this guy's next presentation," or the next time you have a presentation to do, you know, they stay awake. <laughs> 
you know, they're not sleeping in the room, but they're paying attention to what you have to say and how you're saying it because you have captured in their mind's eye their attention. And by that, you're also helping them in terms of making decisions through your stories. You can help people um, uh, learn new techniques, understand a culture. There's just so much you can do with the art of storytelling. Now, the father of storytelling, Nord, um, believe it or not, has been identified as Edgar Allan Poe. Do you guys remember Edgar Allan Poe? He is considered the father of storytelling. And if you go back to any of Poe's work and you read it, he tells wonderful stories and they're very eerie and very dark. Uh, but they're very haunting uh, in their story. But there's a, there's all those elements are there. Okay, and stories can be effective learning tools uh, as you as you are uh, crafting a story, thinking about it. So there there are really about seven types of of uh, of stories, or, or at least seven. Probably a lot more, but at least seven types of story. One where you say you're overcoming, um, you're overcoming something, you know, or a monster or a mountain, um, where there's triumph at the end, or your rebirth, you know, something old is becoming new. Uh, then there's the what they call the quest. So. There's this big challenge, and you're talking about your journey as you're going through it. And there is one actually called journey and return type of story. You know, what happened as you went through, as you started going down the path. You know, we've kind of talked about to use the journey as we've been talking over this past year. Now, where were we? Where did we go? And where are we now? Except. We left, we don't have the return part. Well, our return, you know, is part of the story. You know, what happened when you went back? How did your journey change you? There's always a rags to riches story, a tragedy story, and a comedy story. So there are different kinds of stories, and based upon uh, your communication or your presentation or what it is you're trying to convey, you may use one of those types. Now there, as I said, Edgar Allan Poe is a story, father of storytelling. I think of Kevin Hart uh, when his in his uh, uh, shows, his stand-up comedy. He does great at storytelling. You know, if you listen to comedians, really good comedians, they're very good at telling a story. And you may know where it's going, but you can't wait to hear the next one. And we're going to talk more about storytelling when we come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show hey welcome back so we're talking about storytelling, and, and there's there's research or, or science to this, and and one of the things that science shows or talks about relative is that the treatment overrides the topic, and by that, how I mean how the story is told is much more important to the audience than the topic is, uh, and what the topic is about. It is possible to listen or to get an audience interested in something that may be totally boring depending upon how it's being told you know there are people who can make statistics exciting there are people who can who can make um, some of the most boring things uh, that you thought oh I'd never listen to that stimulating and the best the best stories are more complete and more comprehensive. I mean, they contain more verified information from sources with a lot of viewpoints and expertise, and they exhibit more expertise and more um, uh, reporting effort, reputable effort, reputable effort. You know, so the more comprehensive that that it seems to be, um, the better the story tends to be. But why is that so fascinating? Well, for us, stories capture our brains because it allows us to use our imaginations. And we're using our imagination as just as you're telling us the story, we're able to visualize what the what's going on. Now, let me give you an example. And I, I've told this story I've told this to you to you once. I don't know if you remember it. When I was uh, growing up uh, I lived with my great aunt. Now, Aunt Jo, as everyone dearly called her, was about five foot two inches, uh, and she was a, a chubby woman. So uh, she was very robust, but she had a heart of gold. Um, she didn't know of a stranger. Uh, she didn't. Uh, let anybody ever go hungry. You've heard me talk about her 
her food and her cooking. She was always in the kitchen. If you wanted to find out, Joe, she'd be in the cook kitchen. And she's always whipping up something. She wanted to make sure you had enough to eat. And she wanted to make sure that that, um, that not only that you had enough to eat, but that you were eating the things that you liked. So she was very conscientious, conscientious about that. Uh, and Ancho had this beautiful long uh, hair that she'd always braid and split apart her hair down the middle and have two braids going down the side. And uh, and that's how she wore it almost every day that I can remember. Uh, she didn't didn't let it dangle. You know, my, I used to have fun uh, brushing her hair as I was growing up. But I remember her uh, very vividly. She has such an infectious laugh. She would laugh so hearty. She had one of those belly laughs, you know, one of those gut-wrenching laughs where you, you know, reach all the way down and pull her back up. Yeah. Aunt Jo was the oldest of five sisters um, who all had interesting personalities. Um, but so my aunt, my aunt raised me and um, this particular day, and I was in Ohio, and um, where we lived in this house, which was an L-shaped house, and I don't know if you guys, when I say that, what that means, it means that uh, it was shaped like an L. <laughs> uh, you know, you walk in the front door, and then you'd have to make a, a left turn, and then, uh, which took you straight back to the kitchen. So it was actually shaped for the L, the left, the when you walked in the door, you immediately were in the living room, and then you'd go through another doorway, and there'd be two bedrooms on the right side, and then the dining room would be on the left side, and if you keep going straight, you're going to walk directly in the kitchen. If you keep going straight, you're walking out to the back, to the backyard. Yeah. So anyway, so I was living at this house, and we lived on the street called Lookout. <laughs> We lived on a street called Lookout. Now, half of the street um, uh, was um, considered very respectable, and the other half of the street was considered more dangerous. So, of course, I had to live on the other side of the street where it was sort of dangerous. But the people considered it dangerous only because, you know, it was it was an area of town. We lived on the west side of of Ohio, of, uh, of town. But right next door to me was a bootlegger. So he was in there making wine or making whiskey or alcohol and selling it. Across the street were a a small housing project where there was a lot of prostitution going on. And there was another house next door to it where there were similar activities. And then down on the corner, there was a bar. So you would have these men walk up and down the street and and on the corner of the street um, the whole street uh, was uh, black, we had black families on the whole street except on the corner on the left side there was this one white family (laughs) Uh, and so that was kind of just the street that we lived, right next door there was a house but it sat way back off from the street and there was another house next to it. It was very large and white. And this particular day, my brother David, who is now deceased, bless his heart, bless his soul, um, 
who had come to visit me now, I must have been maybe around 12 or 13, and David might have been eight or nine. Maybe I was nine and he was five, but he was, he was a little guy. Um, but I remember I'd always had this fear of large dogs. And so one of the things that I remember, I was trying to you know, be big sister and show David the neighborhood. And we took a walk. And when we walk out and, and we were just walking around, we were going to go see uh, uh, our auntie um, um, who, um, who lived uh, uh, on another street. So we were, we were walking around. I was, you know, proud of my little brother showing in the neighborhood. I just wanted to get out of the house, too. You know how that is, right? And so we're walking down the street. So we're coming back home. And when we left, there were no dogs on the street at all. But as we're coming back home, that big white house that was like two doors down from where where we needed to go. And passing this big white house, I noticed there were people sitting on the porch, but there were also these two big furry dogs. Now, when I say furry dogs, they look like the wolf hounds from the Hounds of Baskerville. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with that story. Um, but they looked, they were they were huge and they had all this wild hair. You know, it looked like they had a lion's mane, you know, around it. And I remember, and, and it was that dirty gray uh, hair on the dogs. Uh, and I remembered looking at David saying, okay, just be calm. You know, we're going we're gonna to go by here. And let's move out, you know, maybe toward the street a little bit. So we got off the sidewalk and we started walking on the street. And it was a beautiful day, by the way. You know, the, the day had gone perfectly. Uh, wasn't too hot, wasn't too cold. It was just beginning, the uh, sun was just beginning to set. And so, you know, we're on our way home because, you know, by now we're hungry and, you know, he's a little kid, he's tired. So so we're walking and something, as we're walking past the house and something told me to turn around and look back. And as I turned around and looked back, I saw these Big dogs start to run off their porch, and I knew that they were coming after us. And the only thing I could say was, "Run, David, run!" And we ran and ran and ran and ran. Now, I'm sorry to say, because I was so afraid of the dogs, I actually left my baby brother. <laughs> oh God. And I ran up on the top on the porch, made it back to our house, ran up on the porch, and all I could do was yell at him to run. Fortunately, the dogs only went so far, and they turned around <laughs> and went back. But I remember, at the time, I didn't feel bad because I was safe. But I didn't think about it until I forgot uh, because I was so afraid. David, his little legs. I just hoped he could run fast. <laughs> But that's a memory that I have. But that's a way of a story, you know. You know. So, you know, I'm telling as I'm telling the story. I'm wondering: is the audience listening? The audience get it? Yeah. Stories can teach you about people, how they lived, 
about their fears. Stories can do so much to the imagination. Were you able to picture my aunt? Could you see her in your mind's eye? Could you see us walking on a beautiful day? Walking to, going to see their aunt. Could you make that connection? Well, walking with your little brother or walking with your little sister, walking past the house. Could you imagine the dogs and how huge they were? You know, could you imagine the coloring of the dogs and how their hair was found? Was. And could you see the dogs running after us? And me running up on the porch and yelling at my brother. So stories can make, can strike a connection with our brain. Remember I said there was science behind stories that makes us click into the imagination so that we get it, so that we see it, we understand it, and we listen to it. So you can use stories, excuse me, in your presentations to break the ice, to... um, also to jar the audience uh, so that uh, you know you get them ready to listen because you may tell them something that they were unexpected to hear and then take them back in a different direction you know but you want to immerse immerse your audience in the story you know get them involved you know you know, with basic words or if you have slides or graphics, graphic images, it also helps. I think about um, some of the best storytelling that I see are on TED Talks, uh, where they talk about all kinds of things and you learn so much in a very few minutes. And we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out 
To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the inside out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about storytelling. And and when I left the talk, we were talking, I was mentioning TED Talks. I don't know if any of you are familiar with TED Talks. If you listen to TED Talks, uh, I think that they have some uh, individuals that are on there. Many of them are very good at the art of storytelling. And what makes uh, storytelling good on TED Talks? Well, and not just TED Talks, but I think you can use their methodology or their techniques uh, in in any story. Is immerse. I talked about immerse your audience in the story. You know, so well, so a well-told story they say is something that will stick in your audience mind for years to come. Uh, another thing to do is tell a personal story. You know, so. Personal stories tend to be captivating, uh, especially those where you've triumphed over some um, adversity. Uh, the more extreme adversity, the better. But uh, including that personal story gets it in. You know, there's kind of a hook that um, um, brings you in to the story and that kind of keeps you there. You know, there are actually, I think it's seven or so, and I think I mentioned some of these two maybe earlier on. Um, but there are, they said there are seven story plots that usually have a universal appeal to most people, and they include a hero defeating a monster. Now, uh, that doesn't mean hero necessarily in a cartoon sense, but there are, if you want to know why comics are so popular, think about it. There's a hero, there's a monster. And it gets defeated. Or there's the rags to riches story, um, where someone goes from nothing to riches. Uh, the quest for a treasure. You, know, you think about it, they're off looking for that quest or that treasure. You know, what the journey is, the things that happen during the journey. And the voyage of a hero who goes, who comes back a changed person. You know, so that. The hero leaves one way and he comes back totally different because of what has happened to them on the journey. So those tend to be the most powerful and the most gripping, as they say, or popular uh, presentations or types of presentations that uh, we tend to see. So the other thing that you need to do when you're telling a story is to create suspense. You know, you want... You want the audience to keep listening. You want them to say in their head, what's going to happen next? You know, what's the next thing that will happen? So, and if you've ever, you know, watched movies or read books, you know that there's always a conflict and a plot. And that's what makes a good presentation uh, into that ride that you take where you continue to listen and you're continuing to ask yourself, where are we going? Where's going to go on next? And sometimes you try to think ahead. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're not. But that's what makes it interesting and intriguing when you think about it. The fourth uh, additional way is bringing the characters to life. 
so that they're not just stick characters. I mean, you give them some um, some idea of what their personality is. You know, you give some feeling to uh, the individual. Think about my my aunt Joe that I've talked to you about. What do you know about her? What do you? How did you feel when you met her? You know, what 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 could you tell me? You know, uh, how do you know about the, her heart? You know, if, uh, are there any fortunes or misfortunes that are going to make people want to laugh or cry or be happy when the uh, person appears? You know, what you do to care, and don't show them. I mean, show them. Don't tell them. Rather, telling your audience about a certain event and a story, try showing them by transporting them into the scene, you know, getting their imagination working, you know, being descriptive, using descriptive words, um, describing the situation, describing the setting, describing the character, you know, getting them involved uh, into the story, you know, makes them um, uh, or I should say has a, has a better effect than just using um, using some skip, script uh, I'm sorry using a stick uh, person something that had where I had no character that had no um, definition nothing that your imagination could could move from and probably very hard uh, for you to uh, be in the middle of so when you deliver it you know construct a use of dialogue instead of uh, as you're talking uh, as you would be presenting to anybody you know use normal language use the language that you would use naturally so that and freely so that you are comfortable but make sure that it's descriptive when you're doing it and build up to what they call a, a star moment, something that they will always remember. You know, you want to build that up that so it's dramatic that your audience will be talking about it, you know, you know weeks after, you know. You want to build them up to something so that it resonates with them, that it hits with them, and then end with a positive takeaway. You know, those are some, that's one of the things that if you watch the TED Talks, no matter how, uh, how bad it may have started with, it always ends with a positive takeaway, something that you can move uh, the audience to maybe even take action on, something that they may decide that that now they want to do this thing that you have just talked with them about. So, We've been talking about storytelling this this whole hour, and I hope I've given you some things to think about. And just real quickly, I'm just going to uh, give you a, uh, just a few more technique, a couple of techniques that you can, uh, as you're working out your next communication or presentation or speech, or you know, if you've got to, if you're going to have a meeting and it's going to be a difficult conversation, use a story maybe to make it. A stronger impact or help you with that. You know, have an enemy and a hero. You know, use conflict uh, in the story. You know, that's that friction between the enemy and the hero. You know, omit any irrelevant details. You know, sometimes we go on and we ramble and we may, as some of you may have said, I've done today. <laughs> but you want to omit any rel- irrelevant detail uh, that isn't 
significant to the story. And tell the story like you talk. So, you know, don't try to make it overly um, uh, difficult or, or use words that you wouldn't normally use. Tell the story like like you talk using your idioms and your uh, your dialect. Make it visual where you can, so where you can show pictures or have pictures uh, associated with the story. Do that. Uh, so that they can make a connection. Again, I'll go back to children's books. This is why children's storybooks are so uh, effective. They're mostly pictures, so that even the greatest story that you look at has, you know, pictures, uh, so that can be told maybe even without move without words. Think about movies. Images bring your story to life. So where you can use. Uh, visual do so make it personal and easy to relate to and, uh, don't make it difficult or make it something particularly if it's the audience you're trying to persuade them around something make it easy to relate to I think about my favorite commercial where I think I've talked with you about this before you have uh, a father sitting outside his daughter's door and he's apologizing because he's missed her soccer game and uh, she's sitting on the floor telling him, or she's sitting telling him that <laughs> um, uh, she doesn't want to talk to him. And if he has anything to say, you know, he can do it in writing, which I thought was so cute. Particularly when you notice the father, as she's saying this, they, they go back to him looking up and rolling his eyes as if to say, you are so much like your mom. <laughs> uh, that's my narrative this, the commercial doesn't say that but that's my narrative and then what does he do he grabs a bog of toilet tissue from the pantry and he starts writing so sorry and you see him putting it underneath her door you see her pulling the toilet tissue reading so 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 and at the end it says sorry and then the happy ending she comes out gives him a hug tells him that he's such a dork and so she's forgiving him and giving him a hug. Okay? So make it personal, easy to relate to, add a surprise. And add, I mean, add a surprise. And you can use storytelling anywhere in your blog and videos. You can use it anything about your page. Um, you could use it on the phone. You could use it uh, when you're trying to attract uh buyers or customers or if you have employees where you're trying to attract your employees or you want your uh, employees to understand where you're going in your company storytelling can be very effective storytelling is a wonderful tool that you should make more use of practice 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 read more about it research it more there's a lot out there so Hope you get able to use this. Take take care. I'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host Cara D. Walker for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week. Mm-hmm.